0: Product Coffee, a podcast where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of Joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I'm one of your co hosts, Lou Cirillo, and today I'm joined by Kevin Gentry and Jake Werlin, and we'll be talking about tactical product strategy, how to physically execute the strategy that you have in mind, the documents, and everything that you'll need to convince everybody that what you're doing is correct and how to see it all the way through to its finishing point. So with that in mind, uh, perhaps, Kevin, maybe you want to kick us off on some thoughts about documentation. Sure, yeah.
1: Um, that, that's uh, it's a good... Uh Topic front of mind right now, I think as we go into the second half of the year, kind of building a compelling strategy, if you're a product manager, building a strategy um, that is quarterly or, or um, by, um, yeah, by two quarters, I guess. I don't know how to say that, second half <laughs> of the years, um, but uh, I, I think some of the documents that have really helped me out, um, collaboration in Google Docs or, or Slides or some um, form of that where you can kind of communicate an idea Um, is super critical right now. What kind of template do you use? What are the information that you put into that document? I think I have a couple of thoughts on how to do that. Um, And I'd love to hear all of your guys' thoughts on this. But, um, you know, at the very least, you should include something about your company's vision and mission. You know, kind of start from the uh, top down a little bit um, to to be able to tie in your tactical strategy to that um, parent strategy. Um, I would also include something around your product team strategy or your product management strategy overall um, typically driven by the VP of product um, or, or leader or head of that space. so you'll have kind of your company's vision you'll have your, your product strategy and then you want to say all right what is my squad doing to advance these um, items so then that's kind of how you can go top down bottom up in terms of, um, documenting your strategy. So I would say at least have those kind of things outlined and understand that and, and be bought into that strategy because that's going to be critical to for executive buy-in and kind of uh, the progression of your strategy. Um, I think from there, you know, um, it goes into, you know, customer feedback, business stakeholder feedback, research, qualitative and quantitative analysis, um, great ideas from you and the team um, and kind of, how are we going to go and execute on this strategy? Um, But I I find that um, most comfortable with like the Google docs or or something where I can go and use as a scratch pad to kind of uh, vomit these ideas out into the world. (laughs) But curious to hear everyone else's thoughts
0: on it. Yeah. I, I think I often try to start, start with the outcome that I want to drive, you know, what's the, what's the thing that we want to strive toward? Maybe it's user growth. Maybe it's, um, delivering some new and innovative features, maybe it's split testing and doing a handful of those things. Um, for for me personally, the second half of the year is, a pretty, is going to be a pretty interesting one. We spent the first half of this year building foundational work. And a lot of what I've been thinking about for the second half, um, strategically speaking, is how we start leveraging incremental growth. So what I've kind of started to do, similar to what Kevin said, is put in a Google document, a set of um, metrics that we want to track and that we want to drive with our products. Um, And from there, I'm kind of working backwards into a, okay, let's go from the Google doc. And now let's go to ideas that I think might drive some of those metrics and document those out. And then as soon as that's kind of done, I like to start throwing things into Aha, kind of a graphical tool for visualizing a roadmap. Like even if it's just playing with things in moving block form, and starting to build a here's a, here's an order of operations in which I think we could execute this. I think that's kind of like where I usually like to start. At least when I'm when we're doing you know we're thinking about like a half of the year planning piece. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I think
2: it's. It was all really good stuff. Um, I think for me, the the thing that I would add to what you both have talked about is really understanding who your audience is with your strategy um, and knowing that if you don't have the buy-in on your strategy, then you can't do all of the really effective things that you've just described. Um, So making sure that you're, you're, I think, Kevin, you made a really good point around Fitting your strategy into the broader product strategy, and even higher into the broader company strategy, um, and making sure that you you have this kind of understanding of where your squad's chess piece sits on the entire board—that is the the company's product board. Um, I think what's what's dangerous is when we as product managers dream up this really cool strategy that has that sounds really great and sounds really promising. It's going to generate a lot of value for the business, but it's completely a 90 degree split from the direction the company's going, even if it's an amazing business case and you're going to be the next Steve Jobs, it's probably not going to float. Um, yeah, that's sort of- I'm,
1: I'm curious, Lou, you mentioned uh, what outcome we want to achieve. I think it kind of goes into that. Like what yeah. is that nugget of a, a, the uh, outcome? Where is that being driven from? Is that, you know, um, like Jake was saying, is that a 90 degree pivot or is that coming from a business stakeholder? Is that kind of,
0: yeah. You know, it's interesting. I actually, um, to to Jake's point, I think actually part of the product strategy piece is coming up with these kind of completely out of the blue ideas that could cause your company to take a major pivot. I mean, if you think about it from, if anything this year has shown us back in, December, November of last year, um, during strategic planning, you know, I had kind of, I had kind of pushed an idea that was a bit out of left wing that we should redraw our product to be focused on a completely different um, tactical way of generating revenue, which was going after affiliate commission rather than payments, right? And so, I think the strategic planning aspect of it um, is something that you should be involved with in your company to help them set that direction. Because you guys, we kind of know from a product perspective things that may influence that. And often I think in very real times do in the same way that we also worked with our senior leadership to pivot the company strategy into online grocery. um, I think there's nothing wrong with being out of the world and it's okay. I think to present ideas that are completely out there. If they get shot down, I mean, whatever, redraw it and go back to the drawing board.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's really important. I, I didn't mean to say that like we should just tuck our tails and follow what anyone tells us to do. I think it's 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 kind of closer to what you're saying, Lou, in that our job is to understand the market better than anybody in our particular domain and try to highlight those opportunities that may exist that no one has seen. But they need to also fit into the broader, like higher level direction that the business is trying to go. Um, but in a more innovative and differentiated and unique way.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's kind of like, it's almost like, you know, being creative within a set of boundaries. Right. I think, you know, it it has to be for us. It's like, it has to be software development. Like it can't be that wild out of the box. I mean, I guess it could, we can still pitch for that, but the the thing that's more realistic and more um, likely to happen would be something like that. (laughs) Um. So, yeah, so what other kind of tactics or documentation or things that you guys piece together while you're working on these strategies? What could we share out um, with with our our listeners?
0: Well, so I think one of the questions might be, you know, and Jake brought this up earlier, right, about getting SLT buy-in. So maybe one of the questions for the group is, at what point do you think you need to go start presenting to your senior leaders in order to get that buy-in? like, what's the minimum set of criteria that you would normally take? Um, personally, for me, I, I just love to build everything like startup pitch deck style and, you know, go out and, you know, just say, hey, here's here's what we're doing. Here's the reasons why. Here's the supporting evidence. Um I, I'm not a fan that I I don't think that needs to be super ultra like I think it needs to be pretty flushed out like 90% there but I don't think I think it's something that you should be able to execute in like a week once you've done like the rest of your regular research like yeah. if you're going Lou, through this you, planning
1: yeah Lou you're really good at that stuff because I think you didn't you win a pitch competition as well
0: a uh, couple of them <laughs> yeah, yeah. back in the day
1: <laughs> so that that's that's great I think like what kind of have you learned from piecing together these pitch competitions? Because I think if you're working at a company with a sizable technology organization, you, you have to constantly do that. You have to play that uh, role as a product manager, is pitching your work, your team's work. Um, and, and, and how do you do that effectively? Like, What have you kind of learned of piecing together these decks and telling a good story?
0: Um, I think there's two parts. Um, the first is that, Circulating your ideas early is actually one of the core parts to winning, you know, winning over a good pitch, right? Like, it's pretty rare that you come into a pitch competition and almost nobody has any idea about you prior to that. So the early circulation is is really key. So oftentimes I might um, talk with some of our senior leaders just kind of frankly and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Um, So I think part one starts there, right? It starts in that pre-work. Um, and I think that's about being honest and transparent, right? If you have a good idea, talk, if you have an idea, talk about it. You know, there's something wrong with it. And then I think the thing that really lets you win people over is substance, right? Like snake oil salesman, we all know that term. If you're selling vaporware, everybody will know it. And, you know, senior leaders are smart for a reason. So don't come in selling vaporware. Come in with something that is real and tangible you've put the work into and oftentimes if that shows that's a key metric for success even if it get uh, getting your strategy through i mean it's got to be a plausible argument right like you need to i mean again
2: going back to knowing your audience like know kind of how how your audience views the world but a lot of this in in my experience is basically like I don't know, writing a college paper in some shape or form, like you're basically putting an argument together and you're trying to be persuasive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So what are kind of the, um, pieces of persuasiveness that you put into a document like that? Anything you can share?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think, We've already talked about some of them, so kind of alignment with the core overall strategy, right? Like the senior leadership team works really, really hard to try and figure out what is the overall direction the company should run in. So how I like I view as kind of in our role in the company as how can we, in an innovative way, help further that mission
1: mm.
2: or help us, help us execute on that strategy in a way that senior leadership hasn't thought of? Um, so it's, it's, it's being disruptive. Yes. But within the context of being a team player, um, so there's that. And then I think also it's, it's understanding who all, who else is in the room. If I mean, not just your CEO or your CTO or your VP of product, but like your VP of sales or your, your VP of marketing or whoever heads up your marketing department, they're all going to have goals too. So how can what you're doing, Help them achieve their goals, and as a result, everyone helps further the company's strategy.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You mentioned one thing around like almost having this prescribed strategy of where the senior leadership is kind of piecing together a company strategy. They might already have some ideas on where we should take that with specific products how does that kind of come into play where, you know, how can we influence that or be a part of that discussion or drive that or validate or you know, kind of inject our product, product, product manager in hat?
2: Yeah. I think that's really hard. Cause oftentimes like with a founder CEO, they're like product manager, number one. So yeah. they're more often like still a PM at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes out of trust. Like the, like, can you get yourself to a place where senior leadership trusts you and wants to have you in the room as part of those conversations? And that takes time and that takes a lot of effort and it starts with baby steps. And eventually like over time, as you prove out that you do contribute valuable things, like I feel like as senior leadership is thinking through those product ideas they might have, like you'll find yourself in the room more often.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you guys ever been on the driven, I guess, but had an idea from senior leadership where you're kind of more playing executioner, you're executing it versus
0: um, driving. Yeah. And I think there's also, I think to Jake's point, Jake uh, made a good point earlier. I think there's this question of there's a time and a place for everything. Right. You know, when you're in execution mode and your squad's in execution mode, you want to be thinking about, well, how do I get this thing done in the most efficient, timely and best way? And I think that's a core part of product too, right? Like we we don't want to leave those off. I think the flip side too, is that prior to the execution mode and all these planning strategies, Jake had it right. Like you want to be in the room, contributing ideas. And then as soon as the decision's made, regardless of how that decision's made, you're now a team player and your job's to get it done. Right. And I think that's kind of one of those, those key places kind of recognizing that there's a time and a place for everything. And maybe, you know, post decision being made, you uh, try to pitch brand new ideas, maybe not the greatest. Um, so, you know, kind of taking it on from that, I, I can imagine, Kevin, since you've you work with a lot of cross-functional individuals, you know, from sales, marketing, other product teams in order to get things through, how do you, uh, manage, you know, manage your strategy since it seems like you have a lot of other dependencies?
1: Yeah, that's, it's an interesting one because a lot of it is driven by the direction we decide to take in other areas of the business. Um, So it's almost like in a supporting role, right? You're you're kind of supporting um, the the product that we're delivering in in a different way. So some of that is is reactionary, and some of it is more proactive thinking um, or or thinking more of how we scale things and and adapt things to to meet our ever-changing ideas and strategies. Uh, But it, it takes a lot of feedback and intake from our stakeholders, um, product management as our stakeholders. So understanding what our strategy is on each individual squad and how we can kind of interject um, where we can serve things. Right. I think it, it, it takes a lot of coordination and collaboration with it. Um, it and I do find it uh, nice to have I, one thing that I've done as a, a steering committee where I have all these other stakeholders in the room once a month to discuss strategy at a high level just to better understand one to keep a pulse on everything that's going on and, and to gain alignment on kind of the, the path forward and how we're supporting that strategy. Um, I, I find that very useful and a good way to achieve alignment throughout like share early and often kind of thing like Jake mentioned earlier, um, and then get that continued alignment. Um, and then I feel like that in doing that we've kind of established ourselves as a our product as the, the the business leader of that um, domain. So then we can kind of we, we've already built that trust right like we've executed on some things we're, we're driving those conversations and we're helping um, But a lot of it is kind of reactionary, um, which is kind of I, I was hoping to change that um, conversation in the next couple of years, but um, it's kind of a byproduct of the product that we're working on. So um,
2: Yeah. I think that's that's really interesting. I I feel like you have a unique situation where you have so many cross-functional stakeholders to what you do, and maybe they have competing priorities. So how do you you balance all of that? Um, Yeah, I I guess I'll just pose the question. How do you balance all of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it goes back to strict prioritization criteria. Um, we need to better understand, We one, like Lou mentioned, getting those core KPIs and, and building that into the strategy of what we're trying to do as a product, and then making sure every idea and those competing priorities are graded the same way, right? That no, no specific priority gets um, special treatment. They all have to have business cases. They all have to have... Um, they all have to be driving our core KPIs. And then, you know, it levels the playing field in terms of there's no bias, right? If this idea is going to drive more revenue, we're going to do it. Like that's, it's pretty plain and simple. And if involving the business stakeholders in that grading criteria process and, and giving them the lever to change that, I think has achieved alignment, right? So we can say nice. this idea is going to drive this many millions of dollars, Great. This is how you can influence that. If we have a big, bigger uh, client interest, if we have you know X, Y, and Z, and then that drives up the revenue, um, or or that overall score for this idea, then they can go and do some homework on behalf of you. Uh, you know, if you're managing a, a boatload of ideas. So.
2: Yeah. 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 Interesting. Really. Yeah. Makes you know, sense.
0: It's, it's- Maybe. That kind of gets to maybe like the, you know, the final closeout of all of this, right, is you've set your strategy, you've kind of done your documents, you've presented it in some way to senior leadership, you've discussed it, agreed on a potential direction. And it seems like the final step is the, is agreeing on all those metrics, probably loading them into some way to track it. Right, because you always want to be able to track your, your progress so that you can actually identify whether you're making good moves or not. And then start sharing that out as so that you can so that you have enough data to tell people about when you need to pivot your strategy, if if at all. Right. So loading, you know, for us, we load uh, OKRs on a quarterly basis yeah. into a software called Purdue. Um Generally with the objective that we are trying to drive, which is kind of some pie, you know, which is kind of visionary, it should tie up. And we often roll those up to the company objectives in Purdue. So we link ours to that. And then we filter it all the way down to um, in our case, we do it at our group level, our subgroup level. Um, and then our, our objective is to have everybody, you know, kind of be accountable to those numbers. And if something's not working out, then we change.
1: Yeah, I think that's like the next step. Like exactly what you mentioned, putting together that roadmap, putting together those quarterly OKRs, and then and then um, mentioning when things aren't meeting your hypotheses on each of these ideas, and then explaining pivots and, and and communication along the way.
2: I think it's it's a continuous process, right? I feel like the trap with strategic development is you said it and then you forget it and then you just go, you go do those things. Hey, we decided these things two months ago. And we're, we're still working on those things. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. I, yeah. I think, yeah, I think this is what you guys are talking about. It is a really good way of ensuring that you're continuously checking in and validating that we as a team are, are heading in the right direction. Um, Cause as we know, things change really, really fast yes. and we want to be able to move quickly.
1: Yeah. How often do you guys, um, speaking of that, how often do you uh, think a strategy or spend the time to kind of uh, work through it? Is this such an iterative process that you're kind of doing it throughout the days or do you carve out a specific day or you guys, I,
0: I feel like, um, I don't want to say there's like a regular cadence, but for us, you know, cause we do roadmap review. I feel like before every roadmap review is always my like really critical time of saying, Hey, is this exactly what I thought it was going to be? Right. But that being said, I probably modify the roadmap due to new information, new information execution times yeah. every week. <laughs> yeah. But in the cadence of the roadmap review for us, is that once a month for you? Uh, I, well, it's probably like every five weeks, I think. It's every five every weeks. Every five weeks, okay. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the bigger share out things, but realistically, um, you should be doing it at a more regular cadence than that. It just may not be as formalized. Right, that makes sense.
2: I think there's that. One thing I also like to do is I try to set aside 30 minutes at the start of the day just to review dashboards and just get a pulse on the numbers. Um, and if I can, review some Zendesk tickets or... Social media posts, and just try to get a pulse on what's going on. Kind of like my check-in with the state of the state of the product, the state of the market. I don't always get that thirty minutes, but I try. Um, but that's that's something that I've I've tried to do as well, just to make sure I'm grounded in what's actually happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely, um, um, <laughs> I, I definitely have it built out certain dashboards as well. I think that it's a skill that I think we as product managers have is kind of knowing what metrics to look at uh, on a regular cadence. And um, I definitely highly recommend building out your personal dashboard for your product. Um, uh, and there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, definitely like in a Google sheet, like a hacky way or, or just, uh, you know, piecing together, knowing which dashboards to go look at in the morning or, or even learning some SQL to go and, and, query our database uh, to get some of that or like Jake mentioned some of the social posts or any of those things that kind of piece together what are those core KPIs and metrics that drive your product and then do that on a regular cadence I, I definitely recommend that um, all right well we've got two minutes left um, what other kind of advice or homework should we give to our listeners on this on building a
2: tactical strategy I would say go talk to your direct stakeholders um, in your business and know exactly what their goals are. Um, Super important to crafting a strategy that will get any sort of traction.
0: Yeah, I I agree with Jake. I think build relationships as much and as early as possible um, and take the time to invest, you know, even like spending time with people working on things that you may not think are strategically relevant, but just sometimes doing it just to forge the relationship and get people accustomed to working with you. And then last but not least, you know, throw things into uh, into your dashboard there.
1: Yeah. I would say the only other thing I would say is I think challenge yourself, carve yourself out some time one day, once a month and just think about it.
0: I think it's not going to hurt awesome well with that i think we're at time so thanks for listening to product coffee now go level up